tuned to episode 34 of By All Means, right here on Western Reserve Radio. I am your host, Mark Means. Dave Harris is at our Western Reserve Radio studios. Brothers, keeping us on the air. Don't forget to find us on Facebook. Just search Western Reserve Radio. Download the Live 65 or TuneIn app or go to westernreserveradio.com to find our streams for one and two right there. You can call us at 330-707-4202. Coming up in moments, we'll be joined by my friend Brian Driscoll, live from South Bend, Indiana. He writes for and operates Irish Breakdown as we will preview the Clemson-Notre Dame game coming up Saturday night on your local NBC affiliate, wherever you're listening across the country here on Western Reserve Radio. We'll catch up with my friend Dan Yeagley, head coach of the South Range Raiders. We'll talk to him coming up as we approach near the bottom of the hour. And then Jim Craven stops by to preview the five high school football teams remaining in the Valley that will all play for regional championships, including the two you'll hear right here on Western Reserve Radio coming up on Saturday, and those games, of course, on Saturday. Springfield, the number one seed, hosts Preston Norwayne, the three seed, 620 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff here on Western Reserve Radio, and on Western Reserve Radio 2 at 6.30 pregame with a 7 o'clock kickoff. We will have the Ursuline Irish, the number six seed, hosting 12 seed Mentor Lake Catholic for the Region 13 D4 Regional Championship. Hear all that action, of course, right here on Western Reserve Radio. Tough loss for the Browns on Sunday as, well, Ryan not able to join us this week. He will be back next week. But now we're joined on the phone by Brian Driscoll, who operates Irish Breakdown. Ryan, it's been a little while. How are you? I am doing great, doing great. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks for having me on. So, of course, Notre Dame and Syracuse, Notre Dame and Syracuse, Notre Dame and Clemson, the biggest game in college football this week. And, of course, all the talk for the last week and a half has been about Trevor Lawrence. Do you think the Irish should prepare for the slight chance that he may play, or are you convinced that he's completely out for Saturday's game? Considering the subject matter of why he's out, I don't I don't see this being a situation where Clemson plays games with that. I, I think the PR uh, pushback, blowback would be tremendous for that. It's not like we're talking about a guy that's got a sprained ankle or a bruised thigh. This is a guy with COVID that we're talking about. The reason he can't play is because of the mandated quarantine plus the the uh, regulated you know stuff that he has to do for his cardio situation to make sure that he's healthy enough to continue playing football. So. I don't see a scenario in which they do that. But the reality is their their offense isn't going to change. I mean, they're still going to run their same offense. We saw that against BC this past weekend. They're still going to be a team that builds around throwing the ball downfield. I mean, their, their freshman quarterback threw the ball 41 times. So uh, the, the offense isn't going to change. And if for some reason they did do that, Notre Dame would be able to make a relatively quick adjustment. I know they're number one in both polls, but that number is shrinking over the last couple of weeks. Watching them play, I'm starting to get the feeling, I mean, they're a great football team, don't get me wrong, but I feel like they are beatable, and they're primed uh, to be beat potentially this weekend. Yeah, that's true, and, and I've, we've had a lot of those conversations with Notre Dame fans, and, and when I watch the film, look, this is not the 2018 team, but Notre Dame's not the 2018 team in some areas either. They don't have Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin running around. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yes, this is a beatable Clemson team. But, you know, Clemson's been this way for the last couple of years. They just kind of toy with ACC opponents, you know. And it's like, well, you know, they barely beat this team. And, and then they get to the big games, like, you know, when they played Miami, and, and they just smash you. I mean, that's just, that's just how Clemson is. You know, it's, it's hard for a team that's that dominant to kind of get up for playing Syracuse. I mean, you're just, you're just not going to do that. And so uh, I, I think they're going to bring their best. That's the one thing Clemson has always done under Dabo Swinney is when the games are the, you know, the, the biggest moments and the lights are brightest, you know you're going to get their best shot. So Notre Dame's going to have to bring their best. But I think Notre Dame has a lot of matchup th- areas where they are strong that they could beat Clemson even if Clemson plays well. But Notre Dame, Notre Dame can't afford not to play their very best football this season. Does that turn into a situation where you feel like uh, you know, the Irish and Ian Book are going to have to stretch the field and throw the ball downfield against Clemson, or do you want to be physical and pound on them and just run the ball as much as you can? You have to do both. Uh, I mean, I think you can't – you're not going to beat them just throwing the ball downfield. Notre Dame's receivers aren't good enough. 
Uh, we saw last week against Boston College, Boston College did that early. And Phil Dracovic threw over their head several times, and then they made the adjustments, and you know they took that part of the game away. You have to be balanced. The only way to really beat Clemson, and we saw this with LSU last year, is you have to be able to control the line of scrimmage but also control – the game and how do you control the game with Clemson with LSU it was quick passing game it was play action it was getting the ball out to your running back it was those kind of things for Notre Dame it's got to be establishing the run it's got to be moving the pocket it means it needs to be you know getting your tight ends involved in the pass game but then creating enough big play opportunities downfield that you can keep Clemson honest what Notre Dame failed to do in 2018 is, is Ian Book failed to hit those three or four plays that were there there were opportunities there, but he failed to make those throws, and Notre Dame couldn't take advantage. In order to beat Clemson this year, you have to take those shots and hit those shots because Notre Dame has a good enough offensive line and a good enough run game to hurt Clemson if they take away that deep throwing game. Boston College did not, and that's going to be the big difference between those two teams. Now, what we don't know is if Ian Book can hit the downfield shots that Phil Jacobic was able to hit last week. When you look at Ian Book, it feels like he's been there about 12 years, but do you think, has he regressed this year, or his targets just not as good as they were in the past? He's regressed. He's regressed every year, and that's, but that's not an Ian Book problem as much as that's a Brian Kelly problem. We saw that with Everett Dolson. We saw that with Deshaun Kaiser. We saw that with Tommy Reese. We saw that with Brandon Wimbush. We've seen that with every quarterback under Brian Kelly. The longer they're in the system, the worse that they play. And, you know, Ian Book is, is um, you know, you, we can blame the targets all we want, but the reality is, is I'm at every game. There are opportunities to be had there. I don't think they're necessarily using the weapons as well as they need to, and I think that's hurt Ian Book. So I think there's some coaching issues that are going on right now with the offense where they're still trying to find their way with a bunch of new players as the lead guys, with a, a 28-year-old first-year offensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors working against Ian in, in some of those areas, but you know, he's also not making the plays that he needs to make that are there. And, and that's something he's got to change. He's shown flashes of being that guy during his career, but he's never consistently been that kind of player, especially in big games. I mean, when was the last time Ian Book, you watched him play in a big game, in a big moment, like, wow, he played really well. You can't name that time. So this has got to be the moment where he kind of, you know, takes that reputation he has and smashes it. And, you know, he's, at his guy, he's got to be at his best. They can't beat Clemson if Ian Book doesn't play good football on Saturday. Brian Driscoll's on the phone with us from Irish Breakdown. Uh, Brian, when you look at this matchup, what are some areas that you feel pretty confident for the Irish going up against Clemson? And what are some areas that may concern you that match up against the Tigers? I think Notre Dame matches up very well against the Clemson offense. And as long as they can prevent the big plays, and that's really been Clemson's MO this year, is Notre Dame athletically is absolutely on the same level as Clemson when you look at the Notre Dame defense against the Clemson offense. You look at Notre Dame, they've got arguably the best run defense in the country. They've held, I think, all but two of their opponents to under 100 yards, and one of those opponents got 106 yards, and I think 40 of them came on in the last drive when they were up 52 to nothing. You know, So their run defense has been brilliant, and that's going to be a big key in this game is can Notre Dame control the line of scrimmage against Clemson like they have their other opponents? This is a Clemson team that's got four new starters along the offensive line. They have not run the ball very well this year. Travis Etienne is not even averaging 100 yards a game this year. His, his yards per carry is down to 5.9, which for most running backs would be pretty good, but for him is almost two yards off of his career average. So uh, they're not as good running the ball. If they can make Clemson one-dimensional, take away the run game with your front four and your inside backers and, and, and not have to bring your safeties down to stop the run, then I think Notre Dame's got a chance to stay with them. Where Notre Dame's going to get in trouble is if Clemson can establish the run game and now you've got to get Kyle Hamilton down in the box and Sean Crawford down in the box and now you're leaving your corners exposed in one-on-ones, that's where I get a little bit concerned about this matchup. I think the, the biggest concern for me, however, is, is what we already talked about. Can Ian Book, with the, with the pass catchers he has, can he make the big throws in this game? Can he make those throws where they look at guys not going to be wide open? He's going to have a step, and you've got to take advantage. You've got to throw the ball on time, get the ball out there. Can he do that? And I think that's going to be as much about the matchup of Tommy Reese and Brent Venables as it's going to be the Notre Dame offensive players against the Clemson defensive players. Does the special teams unit as a whole concern you? It's kind of been up and down this year. Not really. I, I mean, I think when you look at it, the, the, they've made a couple mistakes. I think the onside kicks are kind of driving me crazy. But, you know, Jonathan Doerr has been very solid. Their coverage unit is, is outstanding. I mean, that's the, the two areas where Notre Dame hasn't been up and down. 
is their coverage. I mean, they are they are outstanding in coverage, and that factors into why their defense is so good because teams have to go seventy five plus yards every time. So, you know, I think there's a couple things that they need to clean up uh, that that I expect them to. And, and I don't see the special teams being as, as really a big factor. And really, the game changing plays we've seen this year on special teams have been Notre Dame blocking kicks. You know, we saw that late against against Pitt, you know, we've seen some plays like that. So they just have to play clean, and, and I think that we'll, we'll see some of that. Uh, we'll certainly see that this weekend against Clemson. I know there's been some turnover and change in the return game. Have they settled in on who they want returning punts and kicks at this point? Yeah, the kick return's been steady all year. That's been Chris Tyree all season. That's their five-star freshman running back who's just a really outstanding player. The punt return situation has been a bit up and down. And I, they've settled on a, a walk-on named Matt Salerno because basically what they've done at this point in time, guys, is they're just saying, okay, field the ball. We're not concerned about returning it at this point in time. Just don't let it roll inside the pen. He's done an okay job with that, but you know Notre Dame just doesn't seem to be overly concerned with getting a return on the punt game. Uh, but kick return, it's, it's going to be Chris Tyree, and, and teams have, have tried to avoid him. And you know he, he's a guy that's got that game-changing speed, and that's the kind of thing that needs to happen in a game like this to really come out on top. Is you've got to make those game-changing plays, and Chris Tyree is a guy that can do that. Is it as a kick returner? Is it as a running back? Is it catching the ball out of the back? We don't know, but he's the kind of guy that can give them that big home run threat that they haven't had in the past. And if they can get him free, you know, that could be the difference in the game. But I do expect to be lower scoring than, than some people think because I do think Notre Dame can somewhat keep Clemson offense in check. But the question for me is, is the Notre Dame offense good enough to score in the Clemson defense? Brian, before we let you go, tell everyone about Irish Breakdown and where they can find it. It's very simple. You just go to www.irishbreakdown.com. We're going to give you all the best news, the latest news, and updates on Notre Dame football, but also do a lot of analysis, a lot of an X, a lot of X's and O's. We really dive into the finer points to help you understand more about who this team is, why they're good at certain things, why they need to improve other things, and not just be, hey, here's the latest news, but we give you news and analysis on the team and recruiting. So it's a really different type of site. And uh, I think our content is first, first, uh, first class, and I think if you check it out at irishbreakdown.com, you're really going to like it. And, of course, if anyone that signs up as a member also gets a year subscription to Sports Illustrated, the magazine, because we are an affiliate of Sports Illustrated. Got about two minutes left, Brian. If Notre Dame does what, they have a good chance of winning the game Saturday night. If Notre Dame gets Ian Book in, on, into, like, a rhythm early, I think if Ian Book comes out of this game, he's hitting passes. It doesn't have to be deep balls. You know, just hitting the quick throws, getting the bootlegs, hitting the RPOs, getting the ball, getting those 10 to 12 to 15-yard games, and then just hit a big shot or two in this game. If Ian Book comes out and plays well early, it's going to make Notre Dame a balanced offense, and that's going to allow them to control the clock and not let Clemson just go out there and steamroll the defense. And if they can do that, and then if they can get some early points, and allow their defense to get comfortable and get used to the speed of the Clemson offense because Notre Dame has not played good, you know, that many good offenses this year outside of Louisville. Then I think Notre Dame can can, uh, can stay in this game and not only stay in this game but win this game. And they need to win. They can't afford to lose to Clemson without Trevor Lawrence and then expect to win a rematch in North Carolina in the ACC title game with Trevor Lawrence. This is a must win for Notre Dame. And if Ian Book comes out and if they can get him going early. I think that's what Notre Dame is going to be able to do to win this football game. Brian, as always, appreciate it very much. We'll talk to you as the season goes along. A health to you and the family. And, again, we'll talk again real soon. Thank you. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Brian Driscoll from Irish Breakdown. Like he mentioned, go check it out. Just put Irish Breakdown in your search engine, and they will give you some of the most outstanding Notre Dame coverage you can find. That was Brian Driscoll live from South Bend, Indiana, previewing Saturday night's big matchup between Clemson and Notre Dame. And, of course, that is on your local NBC affiliate with the kickoff shortly after 7.30. And that is the primetime, number one, biggest game in college football. Might be the biggest game of the year that will affect the outcome of the college football playoff. And, uh, of course, we will talk about that coming up on next week's show. In just a little while, Jim Craven will join me, and we will preview all five games coming up this weekend. Five teams still left to play for a regional championship from our Valley. And it's exciting to see South Range, Springfield, Ursuline, Warren John F. Kennedy, and Canfield all in contentions to get to a state semifinal game. 
for the parents, and the sites will be named on Sunday. So make sure to stay attention to ohsaa.org for all of that information as we continue to cover high school football here in the Valley. When we come back after our next break, we'll sit down. I had a chance earlier today to uh, talk to one of those coaches. I sat down with South Range head coach Dan Yeagley to talk about an unbelievably big matchup that his Raiders have when they have to take on the Kirtland Hornets, one of the premier powerhouse high school football teams in the state of Ohio. We'll do all that right after this timeout. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio, the radio home of the Youngstown Phantoms, part of the Live 365 Network and SB Nation. In the small town of Elmira, New York, a boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 68. I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Located in Applewood Estates in Boardman Township, the Applewood Swim and Tennis Club offers a pleasant family environment. Choose the membership that meets your needs and enjoy a relaxing venue that includes not only swimming for the family, but also youth activities such as competitive swimming, tennis, and more. Enjoy the friendly atmosphere all summer long with the staff and members of the Applewood Swim and Tennis Club. For more information, go to applewoodswimandtennis.com or call 330-953-2833. The Storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies, like Like the storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. We were able to get in touch with each other in no time. The whole experience was the most frightening 10 hours of my life. If there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms out there, it's to stay calm and keep to the plan. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Start your plan at ready.gov. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. Pleasure to be joined by the head coach of the South Range Raiders and Dan Yegley. And coach, another special season for your squad again this year. I'm just so proud of these kids. I mean, they worked so hard. And uh, when we got together, we were finally allowed to get together in June. Uh, they pulled together as a family. We started getting working hard uh, because of the whole pandemic. And you know what? They, they, they started growing in June and July. And then when the game started in August, they, they were just playing unbelievable all year. And I'm just so proud of them. And you've had the opportunity for some young players to really step up in, in key roles for you this year as well. Uh, we did. I mean, because of injuries and, and just because we're young. I mean, we only have seven seniors, uh, so we're actually very young that way. But uh, we had some injuries throughout the season. I mean, we were down a couple linemen at the beginning of the year against Poland, and <clears throat> some young guys had to step up there. And uh, then Michael Petron, our quarterback, got hurt uh, partway through the season. And, uh, you know, Billy stepped in there and did a great job finishing that game and the next game. So we've had young kids step up repeatedly uh, throughout this season season. Uh, even last Friday night against um, Crestley, we had some young guys step up and play big roles in that game. 
Coach, you mentioned that game against Crespi, one that you didn't know what was going to happen uh, because of the way the schedule was re- uh, changed this year, shortening it to six games and being mostly conference games. What did it mean to be able to play them at home in, in a postseason game, in a playoff game against a rivalry like that? Oh, it, it was it was very exciting. Our kids loved it. I mean, we were supposed to go down there. We were actually going to be their first their first home game uh, on their new turf, and you know, it didn't just didn't work out because they went uh, they went league play, we went league play, and uh, both of us did well throughout the season. I mean, it's a very good team. Coach Cusick does a great job every year, and uh, be able to play them in the playoffs at our place instead was it was fantastic. And, and like I said, our kids stepped up and were excited about the challenge. They were excited about the game. And you know, especially since this is going to be the last one, uh, they they opted out of playing us here in the in the future. So uh, it, it's good. I mean, it was great to actually get this game at home and then actually come out with a victory. That game, it kind of was back and forth early on in that game before you settled into the twenty point victory. Is the the offenses kind of took charge? Uh, they did. I mean, they, we started off slow. Uh, both teams were more or less just stealing each other out, saying, okay, what are they going to do? What are they going to do next? And uh, trying a couple different things out, trying to figure out what, what the defenses are going to be doing. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, we got off and we scored two quick touchdowns. They answered and actually answered with another one. And, and we answered. So it was back and forth. And then we got into halftime. And, and you know, halftime we made some adjustments. Uh, my coaching staff does a great job uh, getting the kids ready and, they made a couple adjustments, and uh, we were able to uh, shut them down pretty much the second half, except for one late touchdown. So it was, uh, you know, it was a great victory for our kids. Uh, like I said, our kids played hard, and we're excited about beating Crestview. Joined by head coach Dan Yeagley from South Range, his Raiders played Kirtland this weekend in the regional final. Uh, coach, you mentioned league play only this year. A couple years back, we were talking as you were preparing to join uh, the the new conference, the NEA. And now you've been in it for a few years and had some success. Boy, there's a lot of really great football teams that prepare teams that make deep postseason runs in that league. Oh, it sure is. I mean, that's you know, that's one of the reasons why we chose. Uh, we were happy to get into that league because the NE8 does prepare us for playoff time. Uh, if you do well in the NE8, you're prepared. You're battle tested for the playoffs. Uh, you know, because the NE8 is full of great coaches and great players and great programs. And uh, you know, when you get deep into the playoffs, that's what you run into like this week you know we run into Kirtland again we're very well coached great players and great tradition so the NEA does prepare us and you know we're thankful that we made a good run in the NEA uh, won the NEA this year and um, it's a uh, like I said we're battle tested we're ready to go come into this playoff situation Coach offensively your team's putting up close to 50 points per game in the postseason uh, can you point to one thing that has been able to light up the scoreboard like that at home the last few weeks? Uh, you know what? I, I'm not going to – it's hard to say one thing. I mean, you know, uh, Michael Patron's doing a great job running the offense. He had a great game last week. Uh, Dylan Dominguez had a great game uh, the week before. Uh, my goodness, Luke Krumbacher has been on fire receiving and catching the ball and running after he catches it. So, I mean, we, we have a lot of pieces going on. And uh, even our offensive line is starting to gel. They're getting better and better every week. And uh, now that they're, they're playing super also. So, I mean, it, it's a matter of uh, a bunch of pieces. A bunch of things falling into place, and uh, like I said, the team's playing. Uh, the, the team is playing as a team. They really are. They're they're uh, playing as a group. They're they're excited for each other, and they understand that they're playing for the guys standing next to them. Coach, you mentioned Kirtland, and you go on the road this weekend for the first time in almost a month. How does that change your approach after being at, at home for so long? Uh, it's going to change a lot because you know, all of a sudden now we got to think about uh, travel time. Got to think about other things, new facilities, some places we never played. I mean, we're going to go. Uh, we're actually playing at Menor High School, so therefore it's a stadium that we never played at before. Uh, but you know what? It, it, we're going to do what we do. I mean, South Range is South Range, and uh, we're preparing for Kirtland. It doesn't matter where we go, and uh, luckily it's on a Saturday, so we don't have to worry about buses or travel time, or we can leave whenever we need to leave and you know everything's falling into place so we're excited we're excited to still be playing my goodness in june we didn't weren't sure if we we're gonna get any games and here we are in the week 11 you know regional finals already and uh, a lot of excitement here at south range coach you look at this matchup against kirtland can you take anything from playing them last year to help you out this year 
Oh, we're going to take a lot from last year. I mean, last year, I mean, it ended up being a you know, very lopsided win for them. Uh, but, you know, going into the third quarter, far way through the third quarter, uh, we were only down 14-7. to It was a close battle and uh, played well the first half and everything else. And then, you know, we had a couple turnovers, a couple things happened in that second half, and they got a few extra touchdowns on us. But it was a, uh, it was a good game, and we're going to learn from that. We're going to build on that. I think that our kids are – uh, over the mystique that, okay, we're playing Kirtland and we're ready to play and we're going to go out and play them just like we did the Polans and the Gerards and the Hubbards and uh, the Crestus and we're going to play them just like we did everybody else. Coach, I know you've watched a lot of their film and uh, I heard a one local media member say that it's a smaller Kirtland team than normal. Would you agree with that assessment going to your matchup? They are smaller up front. I mean, the, their offensive line is usually pretty big. I mean, they got usually have these big guys big thick guys and they're smaller but they're they're still bigger than we are I mean they go 225 all the way across and uh, you know they got some big skill kids their they're running backs are big and uh, nice looking kids and their weight room their weight program is uh by far the best in the state of Ohio and they get good numbers in the weight room so I mean it's the size I mean the size is irrelevant in this game it's a matter of execution and doing uh, doing all the little things right you know we got to execute our plays and uh, do what we're supposed to do every single play and we'll be alright it's assignment football and they're, they're going to do the same thing they're going to do their assignments and they're going to come out ready to play also Coach is there a key besides that uh, for your team to be able to go on the road up there you know two men are uh, to, to beat a Kirtland team that uh, has quite the reputation. Yeah, our offense has to be able to move the ball. I mean, we got to keep their uh, offense on the sidelines. And if we can move the ball, get some nice long sustained drives, and put the ball in the end zone, you know, we're going to be okay. And uh, you know, on defense, we got to swarm. I mean, the, their backs are big; they always fall forward. Uh, we got to make sure that we get uh, hats on the ball, and uh, we got to swarm and make good tackles. And and like I said earlier, and, and you know, it, it's going to be assignment football. Our guys have to uh, take care of their assignments and execute properly. Properly to uh, uh, to win this ball game, so it, it's going to come down to all those little things. Yeah, special teams are going to be important, all those other things, but it's going to come down to just execution and doing your job. And I know you're focused in on your team, but in a, in a very unique and, and challenging year, what does it say for Valley High School football to still have five teams playing in the regional finals this weekend? You know, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, the, the area's football is very, very good. I mean, Northeastern Ohio is a is a, uh, is a great hotbed for football, high school football. And, you know, it, there's great teams. I mean, my goodness, I, I talked to Coach Pavlansky. You know, Canfield's doing awesome. JFK, uh, Ursuline. You know, you got these teams that are doing very, very well. Springfield, obviously, doing super. It, it's it's having five teams is, I, I think, might be the most in a long time. But it, it's it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, all these five teams are, are going to play very well this weekend, and hopefully we can get a bunch of them on to the uh, state semis. Coach, it's always great to catch up with you. Best of luck in your, in your regional final coming up on Saturday. And as always, thank you for a few minutes of your time. Mark, thank you so much for having me on uh, online. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for all you do for high school football. I really appreciate it. And thank you for supporting the Raiders. South Branch head coach Dan Yakeley, one of the veterans in the Valley with over 200 career victories. The Raiders this year have really rolled through the playoffs so far, averaging just under 50 points per game. Back on October 17th, they beat Harrison Central 55-14. to Followed that up with a win over Beachwood on the 24th, 49-16. to And then last week, you heard Coach mention it. On Halloween night, they beat Crestview. 45 to 29. The combined opponent's record over the last two weeks an impressive 12 and 3. But the challenge gets even greater with Kirtland coming to be the next opponent. And uh, you look at Kirtland, they've put up three shutouts this year defensively. Two other times they've held their opposition to single digits, and they have only given up 34 points total in their first three playoff games while scoring 42, 56, and 43 points in those three wins over Akron and Manchester, Sandy Valley, and Sugar Creek Garraway. The combined opponents' record of their last two games, 13-5. and 
now taking on the 9-0 and South Range Raiders against the 8-0 and Kirtland Hornets. Of course, your coach mentioned that game is up in Menor, so more people are able to uh, be able to be in attendance for that game. And uh, we wish the Raiders and Coach Jagley the best of luck. We're going to take another timeout here shortly. When we come back on the other side of the break, Jim Craven joins us via Skype to preview the rest of those high school football games that are coming up this weekend right here on Western Reserve Radio. doesn't love an adventure if you crave something new and tasty embark on the great dining adventure at eastwood mall whether you're dining in or getting it to go there are more than 30 different eateries ready to please plan your roadmap to great dining by visiting us at eastwoodmall.com enjoy tantalizing tastes while supporting local businesses in the small town of elmira new york a boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 68. I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I'm skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome to Calvin's Barbershop. You all got to see this. I don't even want to know what you're looking at on that phone. Well, you should. I was learning about the dangers of high blood pressure and that we need to get ours checked regularly. High blood pressure can increase the risk of heart attack or stroke, but this text program can help keep it at a healthy range. Just text Barbershop to 97779 to sign up. I'll get right on it as soon as I'm done with this baby panda video. <laughs> text Barbershop to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Welcome to Calvin's Barbershop. You all got to see this. I don't even want to know what you're looking at on that phone. Well, you should. I was learning about the dangers of high blood pressure and that we need to get ours checked regularly. High blood pressure can increase the risk of heart attack or stroke, but this text program can help keep it at a healthy range. Just text Barbershop to 97779 to sign up. I'll get right on it as soon as I'm done with this baby panda video. <laughs> text Barbershop to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo day. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. Episode 34 of By All Means continues. Don't forget, Dave and I will be back with you on Friday from 5 until 6 o'clock previewing the high school football games in the Valley, focusing in, of course, on Ursuline and Springfield, like we do every week. And on the phones with us now is the voice of the Springfield Tigers, Mr. Jim Craven. Are you getting excited to call a regional final game, Jim? I absolutely am. These games are getting better, thankfully, and uh, we actually have something to talk about in the second half now. Yeah, it was interesting when you look back at, at, at last week. I mean, and it should be and was Springfield's most difficult challenge to date last week. Yeah, uh in terms of points, they didn't put up as many points, but they got the shutout. So a lot of good things in there. Uh, Mogador, of course, a perennial powerhouse when it comes to the playoffs. And uh, they were a very good team, an excellent team. 
Uh, Springfield just took advantage of some of the mistakes that Mogador made, and I'll tell you, Springfield's so well coached. I mean, it's it, not only do you have to beat them physically, you've got to beat their game plan, and that's been tough for every team who's been in their way so far. You know, Jim, you look at Friday's games, Division 7, Region 25, Warren John F. Kennedy hosting Lucas in a 1-2 matchup in the regional final at Mollenkopf, and Warren John F. Kennedy has been rolling through the D7 playoffs once again. Yeah, and to think that they had a change in coaching staff and, and, you know, and of course dealing with the whole COVID issue in the year, they are doing fantastic. They have become that perennial playoff team also, um, you know, with Coach Bayek leaving, Coach Pologo coming in. And I, I don't think you could have asked for much more from them. They beat on their schedule, the, the, uh, the modified schedule, a couple of playoff teams. So their schedule wasn't as easy as some other teams, and they handled it with flying colors. The other game on Friday night, uh, Division Three, Region 9, Canfield heads to Chardon for a 7 o'clock kickoff. And, you know, big win for Canfield last week, but to me the biggest win for them in this postseason was the game that was suspended because of the weather, resumed the next night against Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's. That team has caused problems for a lot of Valley teams in the playoffs over the years. And it was nice to see Canfield get past them and now get all the way to the regional final. Yeah, and when they said that they were going to have to play them, you know, it was one of those things where good news, you're in the playoffs, bad news, this is the team you have to play. And they, and they took it to them. I, I think it, during the, uh, the uh, weather break there, it was 6 nothing, and then he had to go to the next day and picked up on it. Uh, but Canfield's that team that's kind of flown under the radar. They really haven't gotten that respect. They haven't had to, you know, they've been talked about as much as a Springfield or even an Ursuline at this point. But... Uh, Coach Pavlansky has those guys firing on all cylinders. I'll tell you, that is a physical Canfield team. That's been their trademark for the last two or three years. He's really instilled that. They are hard to beat, and they've, they've had some big wins against bigger division teams, too. So this is not just a, a streak for them. This is something that they've become accustomed to. You moved two games on Saturday, and, of course, we talked briefly about Springfield hosting Preston Norwayne. And I've had a chance to talk to Norwayne's coach on Monday, and you know what? He, he kind of compares the two teams because they're both balanced. They can run the ball. They can throw the football. They can both do a little bit of everything. So I think this will really be a difficult challenge for the Tigers. Yeah, Creston Norway, you talk about balance. They're right around 190 yards passing, around 180 yards rushing per game. I don't think you're going to get any closer to that. But then you know, when just when you say that, they you run into a Springfield Tiger team that are just the same way. Uh, I, think that what the Spring, I think what Springfield has in terms of an advantage is, though, they spread the ball around so much. Uh, you know, Bob Gessler and I talked about the fact that none of the players, I think one of the, excuse me, one of the players on Springfield are rated maybe in the top five in terms of yards or production when the rest of them are really not spoken about because they spread the ball around so well. There's so much talent there, so many different directions they can go. So we'll see uh, how Creston Norwayne deals with that. Not only and give, Because you have to play a very integrity-type defense, or, uh, excuse me, a position integrity defense, because if you don't, they're going to catch you off guard, and it's going to be a long night for you. It's been a long night for a lot of teams this year, but uh, make no mistake, Creston Norwayne is going to come to play, and it should be a really good game. How much can you take into consideration the fact they both played Mineral Ridge? Springfield played them very early. Uh, the Norway Bobcats played them in the opening round of the playoffs, and both, both teams dispatched Mineral Ridge pretty easily when they played. Well, I think that goes back to the fact that these, this, they're so well-matched and everything that they do in terms of numbers are so even. Uh, you know, and I was looking at some of the numbers today from Crest and Norway in terms of their third and fourth down conversion percentage is so high right now. I mean, they're, they're 70, 75% of the time. Not a lot of third down conversions, but that tells me that they're not a lot of, in, a, not in a lot of third down situations. So they're executing very well there. So, uh, again, I, I'm looking at this, and if you look at it on paper, I don't even know if you're in Vegas who you bet on on that one. It's uh, it's a 50-50 shot right now. But, you know, again, we said that next, last week, too, with uh, Mogador. So well, the only the only disadvantage for Crest in Norway at this point is the fact that they have to travel to the Middletown to play this game. And you look at the, the Bobcats defensively, they have two shutouts. Three times they've held the opposition under 10 points. But the middle of their schedule was kind of comparable to the middle of Springfield's regular season schedule where they, neither one of them were really challenged in some of those games early on. Yeah, that was, that was a concern, at least from an outsider's perspective looking in, is how was that schedule going to affect them going into the playoffs? Well, 
at this point, it really hasn't slowed them down. Uh, Springfield, I know for a fact, uh, anytime they had a chance to score, they did it. They they had that, that killer instinct. They always went after it, and they've done that through the playoffs now. That has served them well. Creston Norwayne has done the same thing. So it's about attitude. It's about the way they're coached and the preparation. And uh, you know, a lot of times you could back off at the end of the second quarter for a lot of these games, third quarter, but they haven't done that. They they've gotten into that habit, and that habit of attacking is just as good. You know, is better than the habit of backing off and getting the younger players in sometimes because you know that you have that weaker schedule. You need that time. You need those reps. Both teams have done that, and uh, boy, I, I'm looking forward to an exciting four quarters being that both teams have had a relatively easy run up to this point. Over on Western Reserve Radio 2, Saturday night, Region 13, Division 4, 12-seed Mentor Lake Catholic, 6-seed Ursuline at Youngstown State. And you look at Mentor Lake Catholic as a 12, it's been an interesting year for them. Their final regular season game was canceled. Their opening playoff game was canceled, and then they beat Canton South 41 to nothing. They beat Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy, who had a good year, 35-21. And then what a battle they had with Northwest last week. Only won that game 7 nothing. So these two teams, I don't know if everybody expected them to be in the regional final, but they have definitely earned their path to this game. Yeah, and that layoff at that time, if I'm a coach, I, I'm absolutely worried about that. You know, you're, do you lose your timing? Um, you know, do you lose, lose that um, – I guess that muscle memory, I, and it didn't look like that happened to them. Uh, certainly, you know, put up 41 points when you do come back. Now you ran into a, a game last week where it got into a defensive battle, and I think that was a great thing for them because you need to be challenged. You need to find out how you're going to react in those situations when maybe not a whole lot's going right for you, but you just got to keep digging. You got to keep fighting, and uh, they did a good job. I mean, a seven to nothing game. If you're if you're a defensive fan, absolutely the game you want to see. I mean, in terms of Ursland. Uh, I, I didn't expect them to be this far. Coach Reardon has them, that program really turned around. Uh, the coaching has just made a huge difference. I think it's pulled some of the kids back into that program. And uh, they're all, I mean, he's getting right back to state championship form at this point. But um, make no mistake, this isn't going to be easy for Ursland. They're going to have a long way to go. That's going to be a tough four quarters. And uh, I'll be excited to see how that, that one uh, turns out. I mean, you look at that game against Poland last week, and Poland, you know, scored early, and then it was all Ursuline in that game. As, as I watched the, the stream of it, and it kind of makes me wonder: Can you say now, without a doubt, Ursuline football is back? I mean, that was a convincing victory against Poland. Oh, well, they made a believer out of me. I'll tell you that much, because Poland is a very physical team. That I mean, they they'll hit you in the mouth, and they're going to challenge you. They may not be the fastest team, and a lot of that is what hurt them last week. Uh, that and you know the turnover that they converted into a touchdown, things of that effect. But I thought the Poland Ursland matchup was going to be about as even as you get. Also, uh, I couldn't tell you how wrong I was about that. You can look at the score and figure that out. So that that was a uh, I think a hallmark moment for Ursland to see where they were at, and I think that's going to be a huge confidence builder for the Irish going into this week. Look at the final game, and it might be the most difficult one for Valley teams, all five of them, to have a chance to get. And uh, Kirtland been a powerhouse in D5 for a long time. South Range has to play Kirtland on the road at Menor, a place where you heard Coach Yagley mention they've never played before. And, and the Raiders have not gone on the road in over a month when they finished up the regular season playing at, at Hubbard. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing. Uh, you know, congratulations, you won your playoff game. Here's the bad news. You have to take on Kirtland. And Kirtland is just absolutely uh, they're a buzzsaw every time you run into them. So South Range is going to have to play an absolutely perfect game in terms of turnovers, sound tackling, wrapping up, making sure that they're not giving up anything uh, because Kirtland will take advantage of that. Their talent is, they're another team where the talent is very deep, and that's, and that's year after year. That's not just in 2020. That's a program that has constant, you know, of course they have their graduates, but they replace them very easy. Uh, but I think we're all a little partial to Coach Yeagley over there, one of the many class acts here in the Valley, and, uh, I think if anybody is able to find that combination on how to beat Kirtland, I think that's that South Range and Coach Yeagley are the ones that could be great candidates for that. I mean, it's always a tough challenge when you're going up against the defending state champion. And I don't know how long the winning streak is, but I mean, they were 15-0 last year. They've won every game they've played this year. You know, That's a program. That's a team that when they take the field, they expect to win. 
Well, maybe I'm a little biased on this point, but you know what? Streaks have to come to an end, and I'm thinking, you know, again, Coach Eggley, he prepares his team well. That's one thing that we saw, and we followed them a couple of years ago through the playoffs. Uh, didn't make it all the way to the state championship, but you could see the preparation and the discipline that was in that team. That's what it's going to take to beat a Kirtland. Uh, there's some guys that are playing there this year that we saw develop as freshmen that are now juniors and seniors who have done just a fantastic job. Um, you know, uh, Jacob Gearing is one, my, one uh, that comes to mind as he's become just a big-time player up there for South Range. I remember him as the player of the game as a freshman. And, you know, the uh, young smile and the happy mom that was there, you know, and now he's one of the leaders on that team. So South, or South Range does their job well in terms of developing also. But, uh, you know, definitely this is going to be a, uh, a tough task for South Range. And uh, Kirtland, again, they expect to win every week. But, you know, this, this is the story that, you know, these are the types of situations that make for great upsets. And, and uh, I, don't, I don't discount South Range whatsoever. I mean, you're talking about a Kirtland team that, by the way, has two wins this year, Jim, against Division One programs, teams that might not have had great years in Shaker Heights and Solon, but they're still Division One football teams, and you're a Division Five school. Yeah, and that says a lot right there. You basically you know, went from uh, welterweight to heavyweight, and, and you knocked out somebody. So that, that there's something to be said for that. And uh, I don't care about the quality of the team they played. They stepped up. You know, four, three, four, five divisions, you know, depending on how you want to consider it, and, and got the job done. So, you know, like, again, I equate, I equate that to boxing. There, you take somebody at 147, you put them against somebody at 200, and they knock them out. That's a big thing. That's an accomplishment. That says a lot about the program. But I don't think uh, if you're Kirtland, you're surprised by that. Going to be a challenge for all five of our Valley football teams. And uh, uh, most intrigued by Springfield because it's one of those where and I, you've covered every minute. I don't believe they've trailed this year. I'll be curious to see if that happens, how they adjust to it. No, and I, if I have to think back without actually going to the numbers, I think they've only given up three meaningful touchdowns this year defensively, meaning that they've scored either in the first or you know beginning of the second quarter where – uh, the actual starting defense was out there. So uh, from a defensive standpoint, no, they haven't given up anything. Uh, those, most of those scores have come in the fourth quarter with the second and third string playing in there for Springfield. So, no, it, it, it's been tough. And uh, Offensively, I mean, they struggled a little bit last week. Uh, they uncharacteristically had a lot of penalties. I'm sure Coach Guerrero had a, had a discussion about that this week. Uh, but they only put up two touchdowns offensively and uh, – but returned one fumble for a touchdown last week, but the defense got in on the act also. Uh, but, you know, in terms of defense, boy, that's it. That's just Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at MillCreekMetroParks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo day. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. Select Sportswear, located at 627 North Main Street in Niles, specializes in screen printing, embroidery, and promotional items at a competitive price. Select Sportswear customers enjoy friendly service, creative insight, and open communication from start to finish. With over 100 years of combined experience, the Select Sportswear team knows what works for you. When other printers disappoint, Select Sportswear delivers. For more information, go to SelectSportswear.com or call 330-544-8048. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with the text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. For better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. WWE Superstar Alberto Del Rio, take one. Behold the angry giant. Try it again, Alberto. Behold the angry giant. Perfect. Good luck tonight. Behold the angry giant. Yay! Read me another one, Dad. This is WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad. 
today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hey, let me ask you something. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? Would you seat them beside a lit fireplace or by the deep end of a pool? One last question. Would you seat your child in a car seat that's not correct for them? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. What do basketball, choir, drama club, and marching bands all have in common? They're all high school activities that offer learning opportunities not necessarily found in the classroom. They take up just a fraction of a typical Ohio high school's budget, and they go a long way to giving young people the tools they need to thrive. High school activities, they're more than extracurricular. They're extra important, too. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio on westernreserveradio.com. Right back here one final time on By All Means, episode 34. Thank you to Brian Driscoll joining us from South Bend, Indiana, from Irish Breakdown to preview the Clemson-Notre Dame game. Thank you to Jim Craven, voice of Springfield Tiger football right here on Western Reserve Radio. Don't forget, coming up Friday from 5 to 6 o'clock, Dave and I will have the high school football playoff preview show. We'll hear from hopefully all four coaches coaches involved in our two matchups of course right here on Western Reserve Radio 620 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff Creston Norwayne at Springfield over on Western Reserve Radio 2 beginning at 6.30 it is Mentor Lake Catholic at Ursuline live from Stambaugh Stadium, Mentor Lake Catholic a 12 seed against the Ursuline Irish who come in at number 6. Hey don't forget got a special show for everyone next week Andrew Ponty the author of The Color of Sundays will join us during the show and you'll have an opportunity to win his book by listening to the show and calling the numbers we'll give to you next week we'll have a couple of copies of that book to give away Andrew Conti author of The Color of Sundays talking some Steelers football with Andrew we'll do that next week right here on Western Reserve Radio it should be a lot of fun picks for the course the only undefeated team left in the National Football League and we can also tell you that um, we'll have a show after us coming up. We will have Drupal Files Radio scheduled to join us right here on Western Reserve Radio. That is coming up next after the top of the hour. For executive producer Dave Ferris from our studios of Western Reserve Radio and Struthers, my name is Mark Means. You've been listening to Five All Me right here on Western Reserve Radio. We'll talk to you Friday, everyone.